It may be tough to believe that Evan Williams, the founder of the social media powerhouse Twitter, grew up on a farm in Nebraska. But that's exactly where he grew his roots. He cut short his education at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in order to pursue his career. Prior to Twitter, Williams was involved in the development of Blogger, one of the first weblog software packages, and the video management service Odeo. But it was soon spun off and rapidly gained popularity with users. There are now more than 300 million active users who post tweets of 140 characters or less to let their followers know what they are doing or thinking. Twitter is now worth more than $10 billion according to stock market evaluations. And as I read this summary about Evan Williams, I ask this question, how is it possible? How is it possible for someone to go from living on a farm in the plains of Nebraska to running a company worth $10 billion? In other words, how is this person from humble origins, from humble beginnings, able to become so successful? I don't know how Evan Williams was able to become so successful, but as I read this uh, brief summary of his, uh, the origins of his success, I was reminded of the story that I was reading this week in the book of Esther. Uh, we're continuing our study in the book of Esther. And in this chapter, we see another person, uh, Esther, who rises to power. She rises and has great success in rising to power in the Persian Empire. And it raises a question. How does a young Jewish girl living far away from her homeland become queen of the most powerful empire in the world at that time? How is she able to do this so successfully? I think the way she does this is a model for us to follow, for those of us who desire to be successful in whatever endeavor we are pursuing. So let's take a look at Esther and her road to success and how she becomes a woman who is just simply a young woman in the Persian Empire to becoming the second most powerful person in all of the known world at that time. It's rather quite remarkable and may I say miraculous. I first want to point out that Esther was able to successfully rise to power because there was a leadership vacuum within the empire. There was a need for leadership within the empire. Verses 1 through 4. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus had subsided, remember he had just removed his queen Vashti from power because she wouldn't come to him when he called her. He remembered Vashti, what she had done, and what she had been decreed, and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's servants who attended him said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all of the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Susa the citadel in the woman's quarters, under the custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch the custodian of the women, 
and let beauty preparations be given them. Then the young women let the then let the young women who pleases the king be the queen instead of Vashti. And this thing pleased the king, and he did so. Here we see that there was a leadership vacuum within the empire. A leadership vacuum exists where many people agree a problem exists and it needs to be solved, but there's no obvious person whose responsibility it is to solve the problem. Who's going to be the queen? Here we see in the empire there was a vacant position within the Persian, Persian power structure. There was no queen. And the reason why uh, Esther was able to successfully rise to power was, first of all, was because there was a need of leadership within the empire. There was a leadership vacuum within the empire. And there will be nobody who will be able to rise to, be able to, rise to power in any empire, in any political system or structure, unless there is first a leadership vacuum, and a need for that position to be filled. So the reason why, the first reason why Esther was able to successfully rise to power was because there was a need. There was a leadership vacuum within that empire. And as I look around the world today, there is need for leadership. There is need for godly leadership. There is a need for leadership uh, from leaders who need to use wisdom and there is a need for leaders today in our nation, in our church. There is a leadership vacuum, and it needs to be filled. And that could be dangerous, because who's going to occupy that position? It was uh, a great blessing for the Jewish people that Esther was going to be occupying this position of power for their sake. But the point is, is that she was able to successfully rise to power because of a leadership vacuum and the need for leadership within that empire. Secondly, Esther was able to successfully rise to power because she was able to overcome adversity. She was able to overcome adversity. Verses 5 through 7. In Susa the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives who had been captured with Jehoiachin, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Here we see that in order for Esther to be able to successfully rise to power, she had to overcome adversity in her own life. She lost Two people that she loved dearly, her mother and her father at a relatively young age. If she does not overcome this pain, this loss, this adversity in her life, she is never going to be able to successfully rise to power within that Persian empire. If any one of us desire to become successful in our lives in any endeavor, in any field, we're going to have to, at some point, overcome adversity. 
Helen Keller went blind and deaf as a toddler, but still was able to learn sign language. She also learned to speak, read lips with her hands, and go to school, earn a bachelor's degree, which was rare for any woman in her time, and rose to become an author, a political activist, and a lecturer. Franklin D. Roosevelt was elected U.S. president four times, even though he was paralyzed from the waist down and after suffering from polio. To run for public office, he taught himself to walk a short distance using a cane while wearing iron braces and took great care to never appear in public in a wheelchair. An African-American track star, Wilma Rudolph, suffered scarlet fever, whooping cough, and measles. She survived infantile paralysis and required a leg brace until age nine. She went on to win the Olympic gold medal three, and three times, three medals, and was considered the fastest woman on earth. If one, these three individuals clearly reveal to us, along with Esther, that if we're going to be successful and rise in whatever field we are pursuing, we are at some point going to have to overcome adversity. Thirdly, Esther was able to successfully rise to power because she had received favor from others. Verses 8 and 9. And so it was, when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Susa the citadel, under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace, into the care of Haggai, the custodian of the women. Now the young woman pleased him, and she obtained his favor. And so therefore he readily, or he hastened, uh, gave her beauty preparations to her. And besides her allowance, then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace. And he moved her and her maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. Here we see that Esther was able to successfully uh, rise to power because she gained favor from those who were among her in her circle and enabled her to become successful. Notice what he did for her. He, he readily or he very quickly gave her beauty preparations to her. At that time, the harem, the, the women that they were being collected by the king's servants to, to see who would be the next queen, they had to be given beauty preparations. But because this, this eunuch who was overseeing this process uh, looked upon Esther with favor, he wanted to accelerate the, and, and, and give her a head start in these beauty preparations, no doubt giving her an advantage. Also, she, she was given seven choice maidservants from the palace. The fact that they were specifically cho- chosen from the palace is an indication that these servants, these maidservants, were uh, very skilled in what they were doing, which would give Esther an advantage over others who no doubt had maidservants, but they weren't selected from the king's palace. And also, he moved Esther and the maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. Because Haggai, the eunuch of the king, the servant of the king, found, uh, looked upon Esther with favor, it gave her an advantage. It would increase the likelihood of her succeeding. So it's very important that if we are going to be successful in, our, in whatever we do, that we receive favor from other people. It's not just us who do this. 
That's why she was able to become successful and rise to power. She received favor from others. Fourthly, Esther was able to successfully rise to power because of the support she had received from those closest to her. Verses 10 and 11. Esther had not revealed her people or her family, for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And every single day, Mordecai paced in front of the court of the women's quarters. Why? To learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. Here we see that Esther was able to succeed because of the advice and because of the emotional support that she was receiving from those who were closest to her. And Mordecai was a family member. Mordecai was her cousin, her older cousin. And the reason why she was successful because she took the advice of those who were closest to her to, uh, from Mordecai, her older cousin, and because of the emotional support that he was offering to her while she was going through this process. I can't tell you how many times we, uh, I, you see people, whenever they receive awards in any endeavor, whether it's in athletics or whether it's in the Hollywood industry, they're a movie star and they become successful, oftentimes they will receive an award and they will often credit their success to those who have family members, those who are closest to them, because they know that they would have never been able to make it without their help. The reason why Esther was able to successfully rise to power was because of the, report, the support that she had received from those closest to her. Fifthly, Esther was able to successfully rise to power because she had spent much time and effort in preparation. Verses 12 through 14. Each young woman's turn came to go in to King Ahasuerus after she had completed 12 months of preparation according to the regulations for the women. For thus were the days of their preparation apportioned six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Thus prepared, each young woman went to the king, and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the women's quarters to the king's palace. In the evening she went, and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women, to the custody of Shasgaz, the king's eunuch who kept the concubines. She would not go in to the king again unless the king delighted in her and called for her by name." Here we see in these verses that the reason why Esther was successful in her rise to power was because she had spent much time and she had spent much effort preparing for the opportunity to meet the king. If she didn't spend that time uh, in, in preparing and working for, that, for the opportunity to meet the king, she would have never been successful. In any successful story, there are people who have spent the time and the effort preparing for the opportunities that will come down their way in the future. If one doesn't spend the time and the effort doing so, they will decrease their chances of succeeding in whatever field, whatever endeavor one pursues. So preparation and the time and effort that goes into such preparation is essential to one's success. It was so for Esther, and it will be for us as well. Sixth, Esther was able to rise to power, successfully rise to power, because she made wise choices when listening to the advice of others. 
verses, verse 15. Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Here is the process that the the, the women who were in competition to be the next queen, this is what they would have to do. Oftentimes, they would t- put on jewelry and perfume, expensive clothes, to try to impress the king. They would walk into the king, and if they were adorned with a beautiful makeup, and they smelled beautiful, and they wore fancy clothes and fancy jewelry, the more jewelry they, they wore, they were hoping that it would entice the king to favor them and choose them. But here, we see that Esther did what Haggai the eunuch advised. Now, who better knows the king and the king's preferences and what he likes than Haggai, the king's eunuch? And, and, and so what, what Esther does is she listens to the advice of Haggai. She doesn't adorn herself with, with that which would have maybe turned off the king. She's going to wise, very wisely listen, listen to the advice of the king's eunuch and follow his instructions. And because she does so, she's going to appeal to the king in a way that the other women will not be able to. And she was successful at this because she listened to the advice of those who gave it to her. She was very wise in the choices that she made. And that is very important if one is going to be successful in whatever, cho- whatever endeavor they choose to pursue, they must listen carefully and wisely to those who give advice. We cannot think that we can go at it alone and be successful all by ourselves. We have to listen to the, and make wise choices to those who give us counsel. And finally, seventh, Esther's successful rise to power was due ultimately to the love, grace, and favor of her king. Verses 16 to 18. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus into his royal palace in the tenth month which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the other virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast, the feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants. And he proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of a king. Here we see that Esther's successful rise to power was due ultimately to the love and grace and favor of her king. It wasn't because of her. It was because of the love, grace, and favor of her king. It didn't matter ultimately what she did. She could have come overcome all the adversity that she wanted to. She could have made all the wise choices that she could have made in this process. She could have uh, spent much time in preparation for the opportunity to go before the king. But unless the king loves her 
and bestows upon her favor and grace, she would never become successful and rise to power and become queen. And what the whole point of this chapter, the author is saying, is this. He's saying that Esther's successful rise to power had more to do with outside influences than it did with her. And that is true with every person who becomes successful in this life, in this world. That our successes ultimately have to do more with outside influences than our own doing. Think about it with me. She was successful, first of all, because of the need within the empire of a leader. That was something that Esther could not control. She was successful because of those uh, who put who bestowed favor upon her? She was successful because of the emotional support and the help she got within her family, and she was successful ultimately because of the good graces and love and favor of the king. If those four elements aren't aren't uh, don't happen, she will not become queen. She will not become successful, regardless how much effort she puts in, how, regardless of how much wisdom she uses. Regardless of, of, of all that she does, our successes have ultimately more to do with outside influences than with ourselves. And the result of our success should be humility and thankfulness to the God who has allowed us to become successful in whatever we do and whatever we have and whatever we possess. It is interesting to observe that one of the reasons why Esther was able to successfully obtain favor and grace from the king was because she took the advice of the king's servant Haggai. In the same way, if one wants to successfully obtain favor and grace in this life from the king of kings, then one must listen to the servants of the king who say that ultimate success in this life is found in a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ True success and ultimate success in this life is not going to be found in our possessions. It is not going to be found in our portfolio. It is ultimately going to be found in the person of Jesus Christ and our relationship with Him. You can use most any measure when you're speaking of success You can measure it in a fancy home, expensive cars, or dress. But the measure of your real success is one you cannot spend. It is the way the Son describes you when He's talking to a friend. True success is going to be measured by how Jesus Christ sees you, regardless of earthly success. For our success with God is ultimately dependent on not what we do, but on what He has done for us and bestowing upon us love and favor and grace. And that can only be given when one recognizes Jesus for who He is and accepts Him as the one true God. The road to success is difficult. The road to success oftentimes has more to do with outside influences than our own abilities, our own talents, and our own work ethic. That is certainly true of our salvation. For our salvation, our success, 
is ultimately because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And when one puts their trust in him, you will have success. If you trust in him and follow his call and his leading in your life, you will be successful in whatever he has called you to do. That is true. And may you trust in him this day. Amen.